Howdy folks, welcome back to the News Print Commando. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Pacific Comics is the focus of the show today. Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers, issue number five, on sale April 1982. That's the best we could find. That was courtesy of Amazing Heroes 10. Uh, no date indicated on that for whatever reason. Front cover, full color, read it. Someday you may have to live it. Our backs to the wall. In defense of our galaxy, Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers. It's an image of uh, a giant set of legs here we see from the ground up to just below the crotch. But in between the legs is the view, and we see in the background fire uh, burning a forest, but a long line of many, many men, and one is announcing micro-troops forward. Inside uh, cover, editorial news, and a note from the publisher with lots of really cool information. I considered reading it to you guys, but I'm not a big fan of being read to. Um, unfortunately, these books are not reproduced anywhere. They're not collected or anything. So the only way to get a hold of them is to buy the individual issues. They're not overly expensive, but I would definitely recommend acquiring as many as you can. Uh, it's a nice snapshot into what it was like back in the early 80s for comic books, particularly this editorial news by David Scroggy. Uh, the publisher was Bill Shanes. He also had a piece here. Interesting, just interesting stuff, I thought. First story page. You wouldn't believe it, if it actually happened, not even if a genuine general explained it to you, not even if an alien from another galaxy offered himself as living proof, you are a mere civilian, caught and held in a fantastic happening, a battle for Earth with our backs to the wall. That's the name of the story. But we have allies, Captain Victory and his Galactic Rangers, and this is brought to us by Jack Kirby on scripts, and pencils, Mike Thibodeau on inks, Steve Olaf on colors, and Pele Jensen on letters. Now, if you do want to get in touch with me before I go too much further, you can tweet me at Teal Productions or News P Commando. Teal Productions has a Facebook page. You can email me at imindyman at gmail.com. The website, comicbooknoise.com slash TNC, Tango November Charlie, and just another fanboy.freeforums.net are the forums. Back to the story. Half page picture of civilians being detained or blocked off by um, U.S. military forces. In the background is Captain Victory and Terran, his uh, lion esque shipmate. And in the back background is some tremendous explosion in the sky, looks like. Next two pages is a two-page spread of the story. We have Captain Victory and Terran back-to-back, uh, beautifully drawn, trying to uh, assuage the civilian population, asking them to move on, move away, move over here, don't panic, do what we say. Just uh, uh, it, Oddly enough, a whole bunch of different commands that uh, nowadays, of course, wouldn't work because uh, the general population can barely take one command, much less, you know, five or six at a time. So I'm sure nowadays there would just be a complete free-for-all. A little girl uh, notices something happening to the ground, and as she bends down to check it out, an insectin jumps up from beneath and grabs her and tries to pull her down into chambers below, but Taryn grabs it by the hand, uh, un un relinquishes the girl from the insecton and then pulls the insecton up out of the ground and breaks its neck, leaves it laying on the ground. 
the next um, pro good guys assault comes in the form of the sun gun. Um, it's a dude in a big piece of armor. And he goes up to where the insectons had broken through the ground because now they have access to the tunnels below. So he uses this gun and it, in essence, releases like rays akin to a, a sun. I mean, it, it just completely burns everything in the um, tunnels and and the, the rock is white hot, uh, maybe even molten in some places, completely incinerating any of the insectons. So after clearing out the insectons in the immediate area, they make a call for the Bazooka Man. And when asked about the Bazooka Man, Captain Victory tells the general, it looks like, probably the one-star general from last issue, that um, we call it Baby H. It fires small hydrogen bombs, which will fuse this new channel of the Insectan Hive. So, there we go. First uh, tremendous fire, and now released nuclear energy in the form of a hydrogen bomb. A small one, so that, that makes it okay. But So, Bazooka Man goes down and determines you know, which way down the tunnel he's going to release his mini-H bomb. But before he's able to do that, he's overcome by a squad of insectans that capture, um, eh, probably kill him, but more importantly, they capture the bazooka. Next page, page 10 of the book is a nice full-page insectan drawing. One, two, three, four of them here, faces, busts maybe, uh, extolling who they are and how dominant they are over the humans and, you know, just blah, 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 we're the bad guys and we're better than you. But the artwork, uh, Kirby, is just... Um, I, the coloring maybe leaves a little bit to be desired in my book. I don't know. But the artwork is just awesome. So this the, the one main insect in here on the page has determined that what has happened is because of the uh, deaths and or dis disappearances of any other higher ranking insectons. He is now the ranking uh, dude. He's the HMFIC, uh, if I can use those letters. Uh, don't ask me to explain what those letters stand for. It, they mean someone that's in charge. And so he has decided that what he needs to do is go down to the royal chamber and see if there is another queen uh, ready to be born, much like um, an ant, maybe, or bees, kind of. That's what this is kind of based on, maybe more ant-like than bee-like. Um, and he finds that there is a chamber with a queen, and he opens it and releases the new queen, who immediately takes over mentally and starts giving orders and starts giving all the insectans the juice that the queens are able to with, with their lightning power. So apparently the queen that Captain Victory has up in his ship, uh, the tiger, is not unique. Uh, she merely is filling the position. So she is the latest to fill the position rather than have any, anything anything unique about any other queens. Now, she is unique compared to the other insectans, but... Not unique as queens go. She pushes the insectans, so they advance and attack now that there is kind of a lull in activity. They break through. Interesting thing I noticed here on page 14 is another full-page picture of uh, soldiers and insectans fighting. This page appeared last issue as the promo for the next issue, which is this that I hold. It was the same picture with an overlay of Clavis yelling for the army forces to surge forward 
but it was this exact same drawing. So I, that it that just struck me that it was a just exact reuse of a previous panel. There, the insectans are pretty much having their way with the soldiers. We have a break in the action as we have a letters page, and then we have a an advert tells us starting next issue. It's too late to run and hide. He's changing soon. You'll find yourself facing the missing man by Steve Ditko, 1982. So there we go. Steve Ditko is coming to Pacific Comics starting next month. Um, more fight, fight, fight. Captain Victory turns to another one of his shipmates, Orca, and indicates that he must go down a food tube into the hive to determine uh, what is going on and where best to focus the attention of the Galactic Rangers to just once and for all defeat this insect and invasion. Um, Orca, okay, Terran, I mentioned before, he is, I, I believe I said he is the lion-like species. Orca is the um, amphibian or fish-like species. Orca, as if you couldn't tell by the name, Orca asks for the use of micro-troops, which is granted. And the micro-troops are what we see on the cover, but we don't really see micro-troops in the story. So this may actually be the first time uh, for Captain Victory that the cover really doesn't have anything to do with the story inside, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine, but there we go. Several panels uh, unto several pages of Terran speaking about his species and uh, comparing his species and most other species in the galaxy to the human species in that we uh, don't count anymore because um, primarily we get to the point here. You see, there's no such word as genocide on my world. So, because the humans know what genocide is, that makes us the bad guys. Yet, insectans are coming in, right, and completely obliterating whole planets. But we're going to look down on the human race. Okay. So, the humans, some of the humans um, hear him talking. He's talking to the girl that he saved at the beginning and her mother. And some of the other townspeople, uh, mainly men, it looks like, uh, take issue and start verbally and physically pushing back on. Terran, which, I don't know, I, I probably would too, to be honest with you. Suddenly, the Insectan Air Force arrives, flying insects, and they start snatching people and dragging them off. And so now we have both a by-land and by-air attack of Insectans as the Galactic Rangers, what few there are on the ground right now, and the American Special Forces attempt to uh, beat back this attack. We then go to Orkham. He's found an organic vent that is some sort of feeding tube. And basically what it is, is it leads to a large cellular bag that all of the dead humans are held in until such a time as they want to use them. And it's in some sort of vitae that keeps them from uh, putrefying. So he gets into one and then makes his way out of one into the actual uh, chambers of the hive itself. And he's looking around Let's lose. I'm sorry. We we do have an image here of where he releases the micro troops, but that's it. It's one page, and he sets down a little box, and a whole bunch of little toy soldier looking guys start climbing out. Orca starts looking around, following the main thrust of the insectans, which is not in the direction of Spartanville. He follows them until he comes to a upper tunnel, which is just below the surface, and he can tell by the sounds and the vibrations. 
against him from the surface that the tunnels have indeed reached under the streets of Philadelphia. So they have gotten to their goal as far as their digging, and so I guess we can expect a huge offensive of the insectans as they bust out and try to take over all of Philadelphia. Don't miss a climax never ever shown in comics, issue six. Now the uh, series does continue beyond issue six. Let's see here. It goes, I don't have that up. Ah, 13. Goes 13 issues. So we're about halfway through. Read Victory is Sacrifice. Uh, I guess that'll be the title of the story. Next up, we have Special Featurette, and so it has come to pass that in the midst of Earth's all-time crisis, it is the recipient of another cosmic pariah, Goozlebobber, King of the Unwanted. Same creatives. Kirby on script and pencils, Thibodeau on inks, Olaf on colors, Jensen on letters. In the first panel here, we have the Goozlebobber in bed with the two boys. Um, let's see, do we have their names? Jeremy is one of them, and I don't see the other. So Jeremy and his brother, the Goozlebobber, is in bed with them, in between them, uh, snoring. Cut back to the ship, where Mr. Mind is upset that the other aliens let the Goozlebobber and several others escape. And we come to find out that actually he was one of this group of aliens, and then just went to Captain Victory and asked to be made a Galactic Ranger. So he, in their eyes... And perhaps in reality as well, is not really that much better than they are, yet he's trying to give them orders. Cut back to the uh, family house here where Goozle Bobber is. The parents now, the mother's name is Millie, we find out. The father, it's not named. So Millie and Dad look in on the boys because of the noises, the sounds that were coming from the room, and they see this thing laying in bed with them. They seem rather calm. Actually, the boys think it's funny. Uh, they're they're not you know upset at all. But mom and dad are are like really chill about it. Well, if he's so cutesy cutesy, what's he doing on this planet instead of enjoying life where he comes from? Says dad. Sam, you can't possibly believe he's dangerous. Says Millie. Oh please, I'll just laugh myself into hysterics. Mm. So Mister Mind pops into the room, of course, now scaring everybody. Uh, somehow attracts the attention of the Goozle Bobber. I don't know if he. Grabs him psychically or whatever, but um, he attempts to transport the two of them back up to the tiger, but to no avail. Something about the Goozle Bobber negates the teleporting ability of Mr. Mind, and so they disappear, but they pop right back into appearance. Uh, and then we kind of have a standoff uh, between Mr. Mind and Goozle Bobber. And we start to see Goozlebobber from different perspectives. Mom and Dad each see him a different way from the way he has been drawn, which I will assume is the way that one or both of the boys sees him. And then at that moment, the door is flung open and a couple policemen jump in and we see yet another image of the Goozlebobber. This one, much different. Uh, this is much like the creature that we saw attack the two dudes last issue that were attempting to break into a house. So I guess that this is the true form of the Goozlebobber. And in order to assuage people, uh, uh, creatures, or perhaps its victims, if it's going to do something, it appears as something less threatening because this image is of a really nasty reptilian, big toothed, horned, red eyed looking beastie thing. Not at all like the little cutesy, clownish, big red nose ish 
image that the boys, I believe, and we have been seeing of the Guzzlebobber. So something more is going on there. Inside back cover is an ad for full-color comics by Pacific Comics, Captain Victory, and Star Slayer, the first two books being advertised here. Coming soon, watch for Ms. Mystic by Neil Adams, which is also one of the things that the editorial from Dave Scroggy was talking about. The back page is a full-color image of the Guzzlebobber. Who loves you, baby? The answer is nobody over the age of 12. This type of galactic flotsam has been known to be shunned even by the jetsam floating around the cosmos. He's not really bad, but he can aggravate a variety of species into ulcerhood. He'll make you laugh, cry, itch, and pry at your pimples. Huh. Follow the Guzzlebobber in each issue, and it's a full-color panel of him jumping through space, like from asteroid to asteroid or something like that, with some spaceships behind him shooting at him. So now this image of the Guzzlebobber is as we have seen him consistently, not that reptilian kind of thing we have seen once or twice. All right, guys. Um, yeah, so... That is the issue for this week. Next time up, let me grab my notes here. It looks like Red Fox issue number five is next up for the Commando to look at. So I will look at that, and the Commando will talk to you next time. Ciao.